Hi, everyone. Welcome to a special Extra Innings edition of the Friendly Confines. Alongside Chad Gordon, I am Ryan Lever here in Detroit, where I just left the Cubs 2-1 to loss to the Tigers. And boy, another lackluster performance by the Cubs here Ryan, on Monday night, Chad. Ryan, I love that you – I mean, I love our travel budget. I mean, we're, we're, you know, <laughs> we're, we're, we're just kicking off the podcast, and, and we've got a travel budget where you're – you're in Detroit with this game. I wish that was true because you're on this quote-unquote business trip that just happened to have you in Detroit. So how at least was it a pleasant night despite the, the outcome? Honestly, and I said Monday night. I apologize. Tuesday night. The atmosphere was absolutely beautiful. It was a gorgeous night. It was 74 degrees outside. Uh, that was my first time at Comerica Park. I don't know if yeah. you've ever been there. Personally, I have. Yeah, I have. It is an absolutely breathtaking ballpark. Uh, they really did a nice job there. It's a really you know, upscale, very nicely laid out, uh, really, really solid ballpark. So it was a great experience. Uh, Tiger fans, you know, they're Midwesterners just like us. Uh, very polite, very easygoing. Yeah. So I enjoyed it. It was a, it was a great time. Uh, obviously, the result. Uh, wish that had been better. But yeah, one of these days. Yeah, one of these days we'll have a, have to have an inning where we'll talk about uh, all the parks we've been to. My goal is to actually see the Cubs in every park. Um, but I, there's, but I, I've actually been to all parks um, in Major League Baseball except for four. But that's not seeing the Cubs each time. But I remember I saw a Stanley Cup game where the uh, the Red Wings played in the morning, and then I saw the Tigers play um, in the evening. So that was a fun double dip in Detroit. But uh, you had the Cubbies today. It was a, a very disappointing game. Hey, the whole reason that we're doing this extra innings is because really big news today and it was surprising if, if you were not shocked if you're a Cubs fan and you weren't shocked by this then you I, you have you have something that I don't have because I never expected the Cubs to go out and get a bona fide Cubs killer in Daniel Murphy what's your quick take on that here for the leading off the 10th inning yeah well I gotta tell you I mean I was traveling and when I turned my phone on and saw that I absolutely was pretty shocked by that yeah Daniel Murphy he has been nothing short of a Cubs killer when he was in the 2015 NLCS with the Mets. He's, you know, obviously been just murdering the ball against Cubs pitching all this time. And now to be able to get him uh, in the lineup, even though he's, you know, kind of dealt with some injuries this year, uh, Daniel Murphy's a solid bat. Now, I think the question that I'm curious about, and I'm sure everybody else is, is where does Daniel Murphy get yeah. into the lineup, right? Yeah. So what are they going to do with Murphy? Is he going to play second base? They're going to move Javi to short. Does that mean that Addison Russell is basically done for the year? David Bodie is going to play third. Are they hoping for Brian? I think there's a lot of questions right now, Chad, that a lot of people are, are wondering about that, that nobody has the answers to at this point. Yeah, one of our listeners, this was a question. I, I love to pull this off of the, the Friendly Confines Cubs uh, Facebook page, but Ben Nelson actually asked that question. What's going to be the move there? You know, um, you know he, he's been tearing it up after coming off the DL. I mean, and where, is he going to start? What's his, his plan? And I got to tell you, I've got a little bit of a sense of an idea, and I thought the, 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 you know, the wheels would have gone into motion uh, already tonight, but I don't think, I don't think Murphy was, was available, but here's my thought. And if I could throw this out as a theory, Addison Russell has been playing through pain. Addison Russell has got a, a hand injury that was re-injured when it got stepped on a couple weeks ago. And I mean, he is such a warrior. He's been playing through those issues. What I think could happen is, is, is Murphy shows up tomorrow. Um, let, let Addy get on the DL, DL, the 10 day DL 
And now you have the flexibility of putting Javi Baez, who had a spectacular night tonight. He did. He, he looked more like the Javi of 2008, uh, 2018. But move him over to shortstop. You know, they've done such a great job with Zobrist of limiting his time. He is 37 years old. He's had MVP-like numbers since the second half has started. But work in a situation where Zobrist and Murphy – uh, and Bodie and even Listella, you can kind of interchangeably use those parts and even get uh, Zobris some some reps out in the outfield as well. I think this move makes a ton of sense if we still have a couple more weeks left before Bryant comes off the DL. You know, he's been hitting uh, in batting practice, which has actually been really positive. But I see this move as a way to, to kind of replace what I think is is giving Addison Russell some time away because he is clearly physically in pain. So that's my theory. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, that, that makes the most sense. And I'm curious to see, like you said, how much is Murphy going to play? Is Madden going to kind of rotate him with a host of other players as you mentioned can Murphy play third base can Murphy play shortstop like it just depends I'm only familiar with Murphy playing first base and second base now obviously he's not going to play first so for my money I would think that the move is obviously Javi to short or Javi to third at this point and 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 Murphy's going to play primarily at second base so you know, listen, he's another bat in the lineup, and the Cubs certainly can use some bats right now, especially with the way they've been hitting. Um, but I like this move. I mean, listen, they didn't I give up it. much for him. They, they gave up, you know, a, a minor league player for his services, and he's in the last year of a three-year contract with Washington. The Nats seem to be uh, waving the white flag at this point, it appears. They are, yeah. So, you know, this is, this is great. I mean, I think this is only going to be able to help them. Um, because like you said, the injuries to Addy and Bryant, um, you know, it's, it's definitely, I think has taken its toll on this team. Um, yeah. They can use a veteran bat in Murphy to, to help out down the stretch. Yeah. I, I mean, we're both we're both jumping right into the defense and talking about the impact that's going to have on the defense and where he's going to fit. And he, I mean, we're only going to be in an American League ballpark, you know, one more night this week. So it's it's not about the DH anymore. We're talking about defense, but what matters right now, and we're going to talk about this in a couple innings, but what really matters is offense. And since Murphy came back, um, he's actually been on fire. Over his last 34 games, he's batting 364 with five home runs and 19 RBIs. And so, you know, we don't have that production right now. Um, and, and to be able to bring him in interchangeably and ease him into this lineup and give him an opportunity. Uh, he is such a big time player in the postseason. His stats are incredible. Every Cubs fan looks at Daniel Murphy and, and with, with detestment and hatred because he has killed us on, on so many different levels. But you know, this is an opportunity and I see this as a kind of a Jim Edmonds sort of situation where the enemy comes on board and now he sees our enemy. He's our guy. And uh, this is a great, great opportunity for the Cubs to actually shore up um, their, their offense and, and add an infield depth position when somebody like Addy's hurt and probably should be on the DL. Chris Bryant is hurt and has been on an extended stay on the DL. So I see this as, I mean, I am floored right now. And clearly the, the, the Epstein team and um, the Rizzo team, in, uh, who's the general manager in Washington, they've got great relationships because this was a, seemed to be a pretty easy move to make for the Nationals. And you're right. They have unabashedly said, we held tight at the deadline because we thought we could make a move. But they realize right now the white flag is up and they are moving on. Yeah. And I mean, this is a, you know another topic for another day. It makes me wonder uh, what they're going to do when 
Bryce Harper becomes a free agent, if they're going to trade Max Scherzer, I, I'm curious. But again, that's uh, for another day to talk about all that stuff. I, but to your point, I, I like this move. Obviously, there's nothing not to like about it. I mean, Daniel Murphy was a guy who probably two years ago was in consideration for the most valuable player in the National he was. League. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and to think that you have a guy now who was one of the upper echelon second basemen, was a bona fide all-star, uh, now playing second base for you down the stretch. I mean, you're not going to be able to find anything better than that at this point in the season. So, right. like you yeah. said, well done by by uh, by Theo and Jed and uh, the solid relationship that they have with, with Mike Rizzo in Washington. Um, it's it's so far, I, I can't say anything about it. I, the, the Cubs desperately need some hitting, and uh, we'll talk more about that in, in the next uh, couple of innings. So moving on to the 11th, inning uh it was reported today that Hugh Darvish after he was pulled from his minor league start in just the second inning after throwing a few warm-up pitches uh is going to be shut down for the rest of the year uh this is an extremely disappointing uh season and story to say the least I mean the Cubs signed Darvish obviously after losing Jake Arrieta in the offseason thinking he would be the guy that you know, could replace the innings that Arietta gave this team and obviously the wins, more importantly, um, that has not happened. And uh, I just hope, I really, really hope, Chad, that this is not one of those signings. And I know I may be jumping the gun here when I say this, yeah. but I just hope that this is not one of those signings that we are going to look back on and say, oh, my goodness, this could have been one of the worst Albatross contracts that was worth absolutely nothing at the end of this deal. Um, I really hope that he can bounce back, but this is not a good sign, not a good sign at all. And, and I talked about this, uh, you know, when we did our podcast the other day about how Japanese pitchers, unfortunately seem to break down and do not recover. Um, and, and I'm really starting to think that this could be the case with you Darvish um, because we're not seeing any signs of life right now. Am I, am I being too pessimistic right now? Am I already like falling off a cliff? Uh, save me here. What's what, what, yeah. what do I have to look forward to? If anything? Yeah, I'm going to put on the cubby blue co- colored glasses and, and, uh, and say that I'm, I'm feeling really positive about this because, you know, when we recorded uh, the initial, uh, a podcast this week, we actually asked the question. I posed the question, is this a matter of, 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 of an issue of a structural issue, or is this a, a situation of heart? And, and the MRI revealed a stress reaction on his right pitching elbow as, as well as a tricep strain. So I see this as a positive. Um, let's, let's like, let's break down the numbers. I mean, let's look at where the Cubs are right now, right now, the Cubs have the best record in the national league right now. The Cubs are trending many games ahead of where they were last year when they won the division and made it to the NLCS. And they did all of these things without you Darvish. And so what that tells me is it's nothing but bonus time when you look at where we could be next year. And so I see this as, okay, we don't have to go after a new pitcher next year. We're going to have a fully rested, um, ready to go. You Darvish that knows what's expected of him, and he's going to get himself healthy. So he has the opportunity now to show up in Mesa, Arizona at the end of March, uh, middle of March, rather ready to go and ready to, uh, to, to support this team. He's not been right from the very beginning this year. And you are right. There are some issues. And we talked about that as well. You know, six man rotation, one start a week in the Japanese league. You know, it's a different world over here. And, and there, you know, he has a lot of, of, of strain and stress on his arm. So 
I'm seeing this from a positive standpoint that I know that this is something that's, that's physically wrong. I love to quote from, uh, from, from Joe Madden that kind of talked me off the ledge earlier today where he basically said, I never question a guy who tells me he's, he's, he's hurt. And he goes, if he says he's hurt, he's hurt. And so the MRI actually backs that up. It's, it's devastating news if it mattered, right? It, it's devastating news if this is John Lester, right? If this is, if this is uh, any of our guys, if this is Kyle, if this is Jose, um, you know, if, if we find out Mike Montgomery while getting married, you know, during the, while he's been away on the 10 day DL, he just got married, by the way. Congrats, Mike. Um, it'd be Good devastating moves. Oh, beautiful. Uh, he, absolutely. He married up for sure. Yeah, he did very well. He's also a major league baseball player. So True. Probably. <laughs> but anyway, hurt. um, everybody I mentioned, it's, it's, that would be devastating. We're losing you Darvish. We never had you Darvish. And so I see it as, okay, let's move forward. We've got the guys we have. The Cole Hamels uh, signing has been most most incredible signing since Rick Sutcliffe in 1984, as you mentioned on the earlier podcast. So I'm not as concerned about it because let's give him an opportunity to get healthy, get strong, and he could come out and be our inning eating, um, staff overpowering staff ace next year. So that's that's my take. It's a very optimistic take. Um, but I'm glad to know there's some something structural structurally wrong with him. Does it make you at all look back in hindsight it's always 2020 but does it make you sit there and say we should have signed Arietta? ryan as i mentioned during the earlier podcast from this week i said what i'm not going to mention <laughs> is that if we had jake Arietta this year his era would be the the team lead by half a run which means he'd be our staff ace right now i'm not going to mention that okay here's the here's the thing we all, Jake Arrieta is going to be remembered in Cubs lore. He's the guy that won two World Series games. He's the guy that, for a period of time, for an, a season and a half, was the greatest pitcher that anybody had ever seen, and the great, the greatest pitcher in a Cubs uniform for about an inning and a half. And and we're never going to be able to recapture that. He didn't stay on. The team decided for whatever reason to move forward, and they went with the guy who was, you know. The, 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 the best option on the market based upon the peripherals. Now, if this all doesn't pan out and you Darvish becomes just a guy that just limps through the next few years on his, his uh, contract, well, that's on them. But as I like to point out to all the fans and all our listeners, we're not paying the contract. You know, that's 120 some million dollars that, that we don't have to worry about. Um, they made they made a choice, and if it doesn't work out, we'll, we'll face that. We'll face that next year. But now at this point, we all know right now he's not walking through that door. Cole Hamels is our guy. Mike Montgomery is going to come back, hopefully, and, and they were talking very favorably about that. And you, Darvish, let's focus on a, on a very healthy, strong you, Darvish, in 2019. All right. We move on to our final inning of the uh, evening. It is the 12th inning, and we talk about, as we mentioned at the top of the podcast, the Cubs offense has been stagnant. Uh, four runs in oh. their past five, excuse me, five no, runs. Five. No, four, five runs yeah, in their five. past five games. Yeah. Sorry about that. Five runs in their past five games, and they have all been by the hand of a solo home run. Uh, Tuesday night, it was Anthony Rizzo smacking his 19th of the season, but uh, I mean, Chad, they've set a record here, but this isn't a record that any no. team would be proud of. Um, but I, yeah. five runs in their last five games in 45 innings, uh, just it, and, awful. 
it, it's it's incredible. And I remember I, I we, when, after we recorded on Sunday, I actually said this has to be some sort of, of record. And I, I had our researcher look into it. It was a Major League Baseball record. I mean, it, oh, more than a century, a century and a quarter, you know, more than that. And it's never been done before where a team had four straight games where they just had a single run. And what's incredible about that, Ryan, let's be honest, they split that series. They still won two of those four games. So that's pretty incredible. But five games where they only score a solo run. That's why the Daniel Murphy um, signing is so incredibly important right now. They need more offense. They need some sparks. They need some people to, to, to come up and, and, and be the man. And, uh, and, and if, if, if Chris Bryant's not going to be that guy, if Bodie's going to cool off, if Rizzo's going to have a sub, subpar year, I don't know where that saving's going to come. You know, the positive thing, again, the positive look at this is we're still leading the division. We're still up on the team. We're, we're still, the, you know, have the best record in the National League. We're still on pace for 93 wins. So that's a positive. But right now, the fact that they can't generate a run, I mean, in person – that had to have been the most frustrating game. How many guys did they leave on base? Yeah, they left 10 guys on base uh, on Tuesday night, which was, like you said, it was frustrating to watch because there were situations that I think they could have easily, um, you know, they, they didn't get a guy anywhere past second base the entire night other than the Rizzo home run. There was not a single guy that was at third base for any point during the game. So that's frustrating. That That's frustrating yeah. to watch. That's frustrating to see when you're not, generating the kind of offense that we've seen from this team and throughout the course of the season, I'm not sure where the bats are going right now. I'm really not. I don't know if it's been because Joe is tinkering with the lineup a little bit. Rizzo was not leading off tonight. It's Elmora, but Rizzo hasn't been leading off in the last few games. So I I don't know what to make of this at this point. You, You would not really think that just because somebody's you know, maybe in a different place in the order that that really is going to jar the lineup that much to yeah. where they can't successfully score any runs. But I, I don't know. I mean, something clearly is not right with this offense. And I don't know if it's just they're not being patient at the plate. Um, I mean, they did take a lot of pitches. It's not like they weren't, yeah. you know, focused. But I, I'm really not sure what to make of what's going on right now. It's uh, it's definitely been uh, just just absolutely – like I said, for lack of a better word, it's just it's just frustrating. It's, it's let me frustrating. yeah. Let me look further into the numbers. You know, the Cubs haven't lost a series in nearly two weeks. That's positive. As yep. bad as 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 it's felt, they've not lost a series in in nearly two weeks. And they're two and three. The, yeah, the good news, absolutely. And the good news is right now is the next three opponents, including the Tigers. You've got the Reds and the Mets. They have a, they they are they're winning about forty percent of their games, and. And that means they're all on pace for about a 93 loss season. So, so they're in a really good spot right now. Only 15 of the Cubs remaining 39 games are against teams that are currently over 500. So if they can turn it on, if they can start beating up on some of these, these teams coming up, they're in a good spot. I mean, they're not, uh, it's not hopeless where they have to go take on the world beaters. But as we mentioned earlier, we've mentioned this over and over on the podcast, the other teams seem to really play up for the Cubs but also, I got to say, there's something going on with the offense. The spark's not there. And for anybody to get frustrated, I get it. I get it. You want to see explosive high-scoring offense. You want to see – and by the way, the Cubs used to have one of the highest run differentials. It's been dropping and dropping and dropping. You take Chris Bryant 
out of any lineup and you expect to, you're going to take a, a bit of an issue when it turns to, comes to uh, um, run production. Javi Baez has fallen off a little bit. David Bodie is not able to hit a grand slam every time, you know, um, there's, there's, there's a lot of things to look positively to and, and look forward. I see this as kind of a lull. And what I look back on, when I look back at all the games that, that the Cubs have played so far, what I've not seen is the streak. I've not seen the run. I've not seen that, oh, my gosh, seven straight, ten straight. You know, that still is possible. And for me, I've always thought about baseball as who is streaking at the right time? Who do you not want to face? And the Cubs have an opportunity to be that team, but they need to turn it around. The challenge facing them, Ryan, is the game you saw tonight is game one of twenty three straight games. So the Murphy thing is going to help them greatly with the, the load and give people an opportunity to have days off and not overwork people. But over these next 23 straight games, you've got to win at a 600 clip. You really do. So we've got to look for the team really to win 15 of the 23 games. Uh, you know, that's where I've got them at you, 15. Um, so really to, to let, you know, lose eight. So tonight's one of eight, they can lose seven more. And they've got to win 15. Where do you where do you see them finishing up? Well, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think the other part of this equation, too, that we didn't mention is the starting pitching really great performances. Kyle Hendricks pitched really well tonight. You know, pitched he did. seven strong he did. innings. He went deep. Yeah. He went deep into the game, which is great to see. He gave up those two runs early in the first inning, and then that was it. He shut them down. And then, look, the, you know, the, the Tigers were threatening to score. Um, I, I want to say it was around the – fifth inning when yep. Zobrist uh, caught that line drive and then oh that double you know, play was beautiful that yeah. double play I mean that was a, a lifesaver for them but that's also the the other problem you know listen it'd be one thing if they were losing these games like eight to one nine to one or whatnot but they're getting great performances from their rotation right now which is something that we've also been lacking and then yet when they're getting these great performances from the starting pitchers that's when the bats go cold so I, yeah. it's it's just, you know, it's maddening, I'm sure. Listen, I'm sure it's more maddening for what's going on in the clubhouse for Joe and, and the rest of the crew than it is for us to just be watching it because uh, obviously, you know, you got to make sure they're synced up, you know. You want to make sure that when you're yeah. getting those great starting pitching performances and you're going deep into games like Hendricks is doing, who's been inconsistent this year, that you're able to capitalize and be able to score at least three runs. Uh, let me, let me, yeah, let me, let me share a couple more thoughts and I'll let you take us home. Sure. So, you know, I, I've been talking about bright spots because there's some frustration here. I mean, when you score five runs uh, in five games on, on five solo home runs, it, there's not a lot to cheer about. Cole Hamels right now leads all qualifying National League pitchers since the second half began with an 0.72 ERA. So, are you kidding me on that signing? Nobody expected that. That's a bright spot. Can't wait for his next next start to see what he's going to do. And here's another thing. The Cubs are 10 and 8 in August. And right now, that's the third best record this month in the National League. So that, even though they're batting close to 200, that's not good. And their on-base percentage is around 300. Um, and same thing with the slugging is under 400. Uh, they are winning games and they're finding ways to win. And so let's look back. Let's revert back to something we were hanging our hat on earlier in the year. These are the comeback Cubs. They have they, they lead all of Major League Baseball in comeback wins. In fact, 
it was like, oh, of course they, they gave up a run in the first. They're going to come back because that's what they do. They have found ways to win. They're winning more than half their games right now. And right now you got to win 60% of their games really to, to make it to the promised land at this point by my estimation. So worry, yeah. But honestly, can they have a lull? Yeah. Have they went on a run yet this year? No. Is that due? It, it, it absolutely is. So this team could show itself and say, you know what, we were pretenders all along and drop off. Or this team could actually step up and finally have a run and prove themselves and, and be the team that's peaking going into October. Always the internal optimist you are, Chad. That's what I, always. Uh, that's what I think everybody loves about you. All right. Well, we appreciate everybody joining us for this special extra innings edition of the Friendly Confines. Join us next week when we uh, bring you more info and insight to the Cubs season, and we will have a special guest. It, should, should we tease the special guest, or should we wait till uh, we drop the podcast? How, how do you want to? No, uh, honestly, it, it's lined up. Let's just let's. I mean, let's just for a second just talk about this. Last week, we had a guy step off the ESPN Sports Center anchor desk. He was anchoring in Bristol, Connecticut, on Sports Center, and he joined our show. How flippin' amazing is that? We've had guys that uh, that are, are are beat reporters for the Cubs for for decades. We've had guys that are experts in their field. Ryan, why don't you tell the viewers who are loyal Cubs fans who we have next week or this coming episode? Yeah, well, if you are a Cub fan and you follow the Cubs closely, you're going to know who our guest is this coming week. He's got about seven different titles. He hosts the pre and post game show on Comcast Sportsnet. He is the host of Cap and Company on ESPN 1000 in Chicago. And he also has a new book called The Plan, which I'm sure he will uh, talk a little bit about. It was the blueprint for how the Cubs became the team that they are. It is the one and only David Kaplan. So we are very Hon- excited to have Kaplan. Honestly, Ryan, honestly, is there it, – it, name me. I mean, and we've got – there's some tremendous, tremendous uh, reporters and anchors and, and, and beat, beat, uh, beat guys and gals – uh, that cover the Cubs, but name me somebody that is that is more um, identifiable with the Cubs than than David Kaplan. I mean, we're so stoked to have that. And 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 as we shared before, visit our Cubs if you haven't already. Our Cubs Friendly Confines Cubs Facebook page and let us know who you want to hear from because you know what? we'll go get them. That's what we want. We want to give you insights from the people that know the Cubs inside and out, not just us. So David Kaplan, can't wait for that episode. Keeping my fingers crossed now that we put it out there. Now I'm really hoping he uh, stays true to saying he's going to come on. So uh, here's to we'll get it's going to happen. So we'll get uh, But listen, always great to catch up. Always great to talk to you and appreciate everybody who tuned into this special edition of the Friendly Confines. For Chad Gordon, I'm Ryan Lieber. We'll talk to you next time. Have a good one, everybody. See you at the ballpark, everybody. just a game for I've seen other teams and it's never the same when you're born in Chicago you're blessed and you're a field the first time you walk into Wrigley